All right, five. Four. Three. Two. One. Zero. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Like, thank you all for tuning in to the show. Got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we're coming your way with the 45th edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. First thing we're about to get into was last week's pay-per-view with UFC 205. Uh, first person I'm about to start talking about is Misha Tate. Uh, you know, she announced her retirement after her loss. Uh, Darnell, what were your thoughts on her announcing her retirement? Uh, you know, felt like it, it was coming. Uh, you know, she, she had reached the pinnacle. She, she reached her goal. She, she got, uh, she got the big belt. She got the UFC title. Uh, she didn't defend it, but I mean, she at least earned that status, kind of cemented herself, uh, on the women's side is, I mean, she, she's been one of those flag bears that, you know, built women's MMA. She was always there in the background when, you know, at first when, uh, when it was a fledgling type deal when they were in strike force. And everything, and you know, all the hype was around Gina Carano and Cyborg, and then she was still there when Rousey came on the stage, and you know, was part of her for a big fight and their whole uh, their back and forth that rivalry. So, I mean, I think she she's made her money, uh, but it was probably time because she she saw she was probably starting to slip from the from the top of the ranks. Uh, Raquel Pennington's a she's a tough fighter, but that's that's not somebody that an elite fighter should have lost and I think she knew that, so she figured it was time to step away instead of putting herself through punishment where she's probably not gonna get back uh to getting a shot at the title. Yeah, I, I do find that uh the whole uh retirement pretty interesting man. Uh you know, she's you know, you're right, she's won her championship and everything like that, but part of it, you know, just mentally, you know, you end up winning that championship and then you end up losing a couple in a row. So part of me, you know, I just wanna know too, just kind of, you know, how much uh has that played on her just mentally, you know, uh her being uh down from losing that championship and stuff. Because, you know, when Rousey had it, you know, she when she lost, uh, she had the whole, like, uh, suicidal thoughts and things like that. So part of me, you know, is kind of wondering, too, you know, is is this something that she really wants to do? Or, you know, she's just down from, you know, having all that success then just, you know, losing it um, in a fight. So uh, with, with Misha, she she's always pretty even, Caleb. Even, even when she's had bad losses, she's not one of those, like, Rousey's an emotional type. Yeah. So she, she has highs and lows. You don't really get that out of Misha Tate. Like in a win or a loss, she's kind of always the same. Like, of course, like add a little bit of happiness or sadness based on winning or losing, but she, she always seems pretty level headed. I, I feel like this was something that was in the back of her mind leading up through this. Like, I, I kind of feel like she knew, like, I'm going to give it one more hard training camp, uh, against this opponent. If if I win, then it's meant for me to keep going. If I lose, it's done. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, she she she's well known enough, and she's gonna have other opportunities. She she's very well spoken. Pretty sure she can make a good analyst and work in the UFC office. 
she's one of those types that she's never turned down a fight. And, yeah. you know, Dana usually rewards stuff like that. Yeah. So pretty sure uh, she will always have a spot in the promotion. Uh, and especially promoting on the women's side, that's probably what it's meant for. And she'll make a nice little living off of that. And she probably has her own gym or something like that, too, where she's training people. So I think she'll be fine. Yeah. I, I don't think it was, I don't think it was like a, a rush thought just because she took a second loss. She just doesn't seem like that type to me. Okay. That's respectable. Um, up next, we're about to get into, uh, Khabib, uh, Namurga Madoff. Uh, said that right, correct? Yep. Okay. Got it, got it right, man. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I was struggling last week with it, but, uh, did he show you enough, uh, that he deserves a title shot next? Uh, oh, you know, huge, sure. yeah, huge shout out to you, man, because, uh, I texted you, uh, like a couple of days before the show and I was like, man, what fights, uh, you wanted to see? Oh, you want us to talk about on the thing? You brought it up. I was like, hmm. And, uh, went to Buffalo Wild Wings, man. It's so crazy. Uh, went there. There was like a two to five hour wait to get in there, but somehow I got lucky enough to get like the last seat available. Um, but yeah, <laughs> man, I was watching it, uh, you know, that fight, got there to watch that last fight, uh, get ready for the pay-per-view. And he looked impressive, man, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty good all around. Uh, and then especially his, if he gets somebody down his top game, he can control and, you know, he just, he, he didn't let, uh, Michael Johnson get anything on him. And I, I think he showed that he's the true uh, number one contender to that lightweight belt. Yeah. Now I heard, uh, some people were saying, um, Ferguson probably deserved it. Uh, you, you take him over Ferguson or Duke Tony all? Ferguson does have an argument. Okay. Uh, I guess don't, what would, lift Mergamadoff up for me is, I mean, before he had his layoff to injury, uh, he was still dominating opponents, and he still hasn't had a close fight, in my opinion. In leading up, Tony Ferguson's last fight, he almost lost to a, like, no-name fighter. Yeah. And, like, he had he had to turn it on late. Nothing against him. He is, he's an awesome fighter. And I wouldn't be mad if he got the next shot, but when you have a guy that's 24 and 0 and <laughs> he doesn't seem to have been tested really. Yeah. And, and he has a win over RDA yeah. on his, uh, uh, over a former champ, which, which Tony Ferguson just got. Yeah. Uh, but he got the win when, uh, pre title and he was on the, on the way up instead yeah. of, Post title where he's not looking like the same guy. Exactly. So, yeah. So, I mean, at, at, at best, I think maybe you have them do a title and elim- eliminator fight or, uh, or you, you give it to Khabib with Tony following up next. Okay. That's respectable. Um, now we're about to get into the actual, uh, pay per view. Um, this is about uh, Romero versus Weidman. Uh, what were your thoughts on uh, Yoel's performance? I was shocked that I did not know he was 39 years old, man. I thought he was oh, younger, yeah. but yeah, he's yeah he's been in there for a while, man. Not a young guy, but I mean, he's, <laughs> he's not built like a young guy. I mean, exactly, yeah. He's built, built 
like a, I mean, he's an elite athlete. He's an Olympic level wrestler. Uh, it's never really shown as far as his UFC fights. His, his MMA wrestling doesn't seem to hold up to, uh, what he has backing him, but I mean, he, he was on point and, uh, like, I don't know where they give most of the credit to him or just say, like, how far has Wilder been fallen? Exactly. Uh, but, I mean, hey, that's that's a big name. You beat a former champ. And and Dana White said the next shot is his against Bisping. And uh, that's, that's a scary preposition for, for Michael Bisping. <laughs> for sure, man. Yeah, that was just a great uh, knockout uh, that he had catching uh, Wyman like that, man. It was beautiful, so. Yeah, man, I, I saw his age. I was like 39. I said, wow, man. I said, this guy's just looks like he on steroids, man. But, uh, you know, he's built, man. He did his thing up in the ring against him. So that uh, Bisping fight, him and Bisping, that would be a good fight to see for sure, to see those two styles uh, clash uh, with each other. Yeah. Uh, now, you kind of just brought it up, too. Uh, do you think uh, Wyman has fallen off since uh, those Anderson Silva wins? or Something's happened. Yeah, he hasn't looked the same since he his fight with LeBrocco where he lost the belt. He looked pretty terrible in that fight, and you know the same in this one. So it's just you know starting to wonder what's going on with him. Was was there another injury situation here, or did he think he had an easy fight, or just is hadn't been figured out? I don't know, but. Yeah, something's up with a guy that was, uh, you know, looking like he was the king of the world, like was seeming like the perfect fighter. He knocked off the what was perceived as the best fighter on the planet twice. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so I mean, I probably people will go back and start questioning that. We'll be like, well, you you beat Anderson when he was starting his his decline, so you got lucky with where you where you picked it up. Uh, so, I mean, starting to bring some questions for a guy that, you know, seemed to have a bright future in carrying the sport. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, definitely agree with you. Uh, definitely hasn't looked the same with uh, Rockhold, and then especially uh, with Romero uh, last week. So, yeah, he's going to have – he's definitely raised some question marks for me for sure. But, uh, you know, the talent that this guy has displayed, man, if he can rebound, uh, he'd be a beast in the ring, man. I mean, just got great hands, can wrestle. Uh, dude can do it all in the ring, man. Dude's a beast. So, love to see that guy, you know, get it back together and, you know, do damage in the ring. So, yeah. All right, now, what about your thoughts on that Thompson versus Woodley fight? Fight of the night. Exactly. Uh, yeah. They both answered a lot of questions. Both showed that they were game. Uh, you know, a lot of people were questioning uh, what Woodley would be able to do with uh, the awkward style of of one boy. And you know, he answered it quickly in the first round by pretty much almost finishing him. Yeah. Uh, getting the ten eight, which which pretty much made the fight for him that first round was basically like what kept the belt for T Wood, but. It was it was back and forth, you know. Uh, I think uh, he won via majority decision. Uh, the two judges, I think, they gave Woodley a ten eight for the first and gave him the fourth. Yeah. Thompson won two, three, and five. Uh, it, it was definitely a chess match. 
Yeah. Uh, Lee came out and, you know, fired a big gun early, almost, almost finished it up. And then, uh, Thompson started great, trying to yeah, rhythm. Real quick, man. That was a great, uh, chin on Thompson's part, man. Cause I thought the ref was oh, going to yeah. call it. And for him to, you know, take those shots, you know, from a guy that just did his thing against Lawler like he did, man. Great chin by Thompson for sure. Cause I thought it was over, man, once he started, uh, pounding him, but he pulled through. Oh, yeah, that was, I mean, it was definitely something to see for, uh, for Thompson to take cause he hadn't been put in deep water like that, uh, yeah. from what I've seen at least. Uh, and he came through it, you know, survived and started getting the rhythm in the second and third round. Uh, started hitting from those awkward angles that he, he, he does and, uh, probably a little bit of, uh, an adrenaline dump from Woodley from, from being so close to finishing the first round where he had to, he had to build back up some, some wind and shake the, uh, shake the acid out of his, uh, out of his muscle. But, you know, he came back with a strong fourth round and, and then there was a good fifth round finishing out. Uh, Thompson finished strong, and you know they they they. I'm assuming they're going to run it back. Yeah, also I was just about to ask you. Uh, yeah, you definitely feel that should be a uh, rematch uh, for this fight for sure, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's really. Enough. I mean, outside of maybe them trying to do GSP. Yeah. Uh, like I, I would definitely understand if Woodley wanted to take that fight because of. The money it would bring. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I think, uh, this one has earned a, 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 a redo. Yeah. It was just so awkward. I think fan. Yeah. It was just awkward, you know, because at the end of the fight, uh, Bruce, he originally called it, uh, you, you messed up the call. Yeah. I was like, what is going on? Someone about to get screwed over. Is he about to, you know, take it like have like a Steve Harvey moment or what? And then, like, they called yeah, it a lot draw. of people I was like, like what? <laughs> two judges said it was a draw. How, how did? <laughs> yeah. So I was looking at TV like, what is happening right now, man? But, yeah, definitely a good fight. Um, I did have Woodley uh, winning it. Uh, in my opinion, I thought he won 48 to uh, 47. I think uh, I think it was a second round. What where round he... did you? I think it was a second round. It was a second or third. Uh, the reason why. Uh, you know, the UFC, they could be a little biased, um, towards takedowns. Um, I think you took them down in one of those rounds, and that's why I originally had them, uh, getting that round. Uh, but, you know, I could definitely see where, uh, they could have gave it to Thompson, too. I just thought they would have probably favored him with the, uh, takedown, but, uh, Thompson got it. So, it's, it's either way, you know, I could definitely understand the draw out of those two, uh, out of the, uh, out of them fighting in the ring. So it was definitely a good fight. I would definitely love to see that again for sure. So I just thought, you know, because he landed a takedown. Take one of them. Yeah. And they were, I thought they were going to give it to him, but, uh, they gave it to, uh, Thompson instead. So, but yeah, either way, man, it Hello? was a good fight. Okay. Up next, uh, we're about to get into is Conor McGregor, man. Uh, what are your thoughts on this win against Alvarez? He continues to prove us wrong. Exactly. It, you know, it's kind of weird, man, but whenever I have, uh, Conor McGregor, uh, pick against him in the fight, it was basically every single time. But I have the fighters fighting a certain way against him. 
And it's like whenever they get in the ring, I don't know if it's because he's actually getting in their head or what, but they like do the like absolute opposite of what I think that they're going to do in the ring. Like happened with Aldo, uh, kind of had, you know, uh, Diaz, you know, sticking with the stand up and stuff too, but like Alvarez, like, did like the exact opposite of what, you know, I had him, like, thought Andrew. he was going to do it again. Yeah, I, I can agree with a lot of that. Basically, the only person that fought him like I thought would fight him was uh, Nathan Diaz, just because he doesn't change his style for anybody. And the Diaz brothers, they like to talk as much as Conor McGregor does, so that's not going to bother them. And, you know, they love that game of standing and throwing punches back and forth. So, but yeah, everybody else, uh, especially the people that had a wrestling background, I just don't understand why they didn't, like, we have evidence. Chad Mendez put him on his back for two rounds before he gassed out. Mendez, yeah, too, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, controlled him. There was nothing really McGregor could do. So a fighter that has good wrestling, uh, has a good top game, I don't know how you don't watch that fight and go, okay, so let me get in, uh, and get a, a strong single or double leg in to get him on his back and, you know, work him from there. Uh, make him tire himself out because McGregor is shown to get tired in later rounds too. Uh, he's definitely going to get tired trying to uh, fight his way uh, up from off his back. So, uh, yeah, just another instance of somebody not fighting the way you should against Conor McGregor. Yeah, like he even like I saw he even took it to Instagram, uh, where he uh told some of his fans, you know, I didn't even listen to my coaches at all. You know, the plan was basically to go left and do some wrestling, but I did like the exact opposite and that cost me the uh fight. So it's just like I don't know if like yeah, he got into his head too and he just wanted to knock his head off, but you know, it's just like wow, you know, why aren't these guys doing that? But you know, McGregor he's winning regardless, so you can't, you know, I can't knock him for doing that, for sure. Now, with this win, uh, where do you think he, does that put him as one of the greatest of all time? I can't go that far yet. Faith first, uh, I mean, uh, person to capture two titles, man. Yes, I mean, that's a, that's a great accomplishment. <laughs> a great accomplishment. But, I mean, still, the he, his his list of victims is growing. Yeah. For sure. Uh, you know, you, you got Jose Aldo on your list and, uh, you got, uh, Eddie Alvarez on the list. That's, that's two very good fighters, but he still hasn't like cleaned out a division. He hasn't gone on some ridiculous win streak. Uh, so like I'm not putting him up there with like Demetrius Johnson, John Jones or, or Anderson Silva or GSP or like even to go back like Matt Hughes or. Okay. Chuck Liddell, he's not in that pantheon yet. Okay. Still needs to work on the resume. Okay, I I respect that for sure. But, uh, you know, yeah, he's definitely, you know, he's catching the UFC by storm for sure, man, with his accomplishments so far. Oh, yeah, he's he's the biggest thing they have going now. Like, I don't think that's an argument that can be made as far as that goes. But, but like I said, I'd like to see him defend one of those belts right now. Yeah. Now, who do you have uh, next for McGregor? Uh, who, who do you think he's going to fight next? 
I mean, I guess it depends on which division he, he he's going to fight in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we we mentioned two people earlier. I mean, you, you got Tony Ferguson and uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov waiting in the wings at lightweight. And if he drops back down, I mean, I don't know if uh, Aldo is really retiring or not uh, from when he got mad, but I, I would like to see them have a rematch because, I mean, that fight ended quickly. I, yeah. I would like to see if if Aldo could actually put up a real fight. You yeah. know, he, he did the work to win the uh, interim belt. Uh, try to, I would like to see them try to unify that, see, see if he fights different this next time or or or, you know you got frankie edgar there uh a couple couple other guys that are good fighters that maybe he has even fought before i mean like mentioned earlier he's suspended right now but i mean i would have liked to see like another fight with chad mendez i I would i just want to see him defend the belts he's he's captured he's done step one of what he wanted to do be a a two-weight class title holder uh, I guess they're going to have to figure out, does he uh, relinquish one of the belts? Does Dana let him keep both? But uh, I want to see him start putting up some title defenses now. I, I know he's he had his little Twitter spat with uh, Tyron Woodley talking about coming for his next. I think that's a horrible idea for him. <laughs> uh, I mean, Connor has a lot of power in his left hand, but uh, I don't think he has Tyron Woodley power. Yeah. So, Especially a guy that can wrestle too. So yeah. if he actually does just, wrestle, yeah, they were to fight. Yeah. Just watch round one against uh on the card you were just on. Yeah, that might be what what happens to you. So, but yeah, I, I'd like to see him uh defend one of his two belts now against one of the four names I, I mentioned. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think uh, it was your boy Matt Hughes who said it uh, best before. I believe it was him who said it, but he said that uh. When it's, when it, winning the championship is not the hardest part, you know, it's defending it. So, uh, want to see him defend it, uh, particularly against my, uh, boy, uh, like to see him versus Aldo again. Uh, I just think it'll be time. I think it was like, what, third or fourth fight without defending, uh, that featherweight, uh, belt. So just like to see that. But yeah, all the guys that you mentioned, um, I think they will put up good fights against, uh, be a good challenge for McGregor. So, um, you know, either way, but yeah, I think it'll be time for him just to, uh, put up that uh, featherweight uh, belt um, and defend it just because, you know, the uh, amount of def- times he's fought and hasn't even defended it yet. So we'd like to see that happen. All right, now any uh, thoughts on UFC? All right, up next we're about to get into NCAA football. Uh, had a crazy week last week, uh, guys. What were you guys' thoughts on the upsets that happened last week? Yeah, you know, I think I'll hop in first, and I would like to start uh, by giving, you know, my little two cents here and saying I would like to apologize to nobody. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's the little UFC thing I took away from this weekend. So move, moving forward, uh, I think we could all agree we're a little shocked with the rankings. Uh, texting back and forth, uh, all three of us. Uh, I think we all kind of had the consensus that Louisville should be in. They were not in. They got put at five. It's not looking like it right now, man. But yeah, we're now currently down thirty-one zero with a half of Houston. So there's those guys know something we don't. 
apparently. Uh, you know, with Michigan and Clemson staying in the top four. Uh, at first, I think it's a very shocking reaction, considering both teams lost, and you think teams need to slide up. But I think with two, three, and four losing, uh, with Clemson, Michigan, Washington all losing, those three teams can still win out and win their conference. So to see Michigan and Clemson stay in the top four, it's not all that shocking if you really stand there and think about it. Um, Washington moving to six, uh, may, is that too far of a fall? I don't know. I mean, they're still in the top six, so they're still in the discussion. In my opinion, win your conference and then there's nothing to talk about. So, was I shocked by the rankings? Yes, I, I will. I did not expect Michigan to stay at three. I expected Michigan to be about number five. Uh, I expected Washington to possibly stay in, and I expected Clemson to uh, also fall out. I expected Clemson and Louisville, two ACC teams, to be in there. Uh, looks like we were wrong. I think we all agreed Ohio State should should be number two. Uh, they're, they're playing good football since they've lost. Uh, they've taken a non-apologetic attitude, winning by 40-plus, 50-plus. Uh, so I think the rankings were a little shocking, but if we think about it, they're pretty accurate. Like, like I said, uh, Ohio State is the only team in the top six where, well, now – with it looks like Louisville's going to lose, I'm not going to count them in this. So of the five other teams, Ohio State's the only one where if they win out, they don't win their conference. So with them just playing really good football, I agree with them being number two. I do think they're one of the two best teams in the country. I think if it were them and Alabama in the national championship, everybody would be very satisfied. I know I would be. Uh, but uh, I think with the other teams, like I said, if you went out, you're in. I don't disagree with where they're at. Yeah, I mean, I was shocked by it. I mean, I guess I, I'm just trying to go back to the mindset I was in when it happened, even though, as Trey said, Louisville's getting smashed right now. Uh, but for the for the playoff rankings, basically, I looked at it. I mean, one and two, uh, I think everybody saw that part coming. But yeah, I was a bit surprised when I saw, uh, not, uh, like I, I, I figured probably one of the two would be, uh, still in the rankings out of Michigan or Clemson, but I did not see both of them staying in the top four. I thought Louisville would jump up in there and yeah, I, I figured Clemson would probably be at four because I thought their loss was a little bit, uh, to a little bit better of a team. Uh, so, I mean, that, that, that was shocking to me. I uh, did not expect to see uh, the committee stick with that. I mean, it feels a little bit better now uh, since we have a game being played where the number five team that I thought would be number three is getting routed. But at that time, I, I thought this was pretty much a ridiculous ranking from them. Yeah, the same here. Uh, yeah, I was very shocked by it, you know, especially, uh, some of them losing to some, uh, unranked teams, but, uh, you know, it's playing off right now with how Louisville's, uh, currently playing at, at the moment. But, 
still, you know, different, still a decent amount of time left uh, for, you know, some losses to still ha- happen. Uh, so just see, I have to see how this all will play out. Yeah, and, and real quick, if I could just jump in, you know, are there some politics involved in this? Absolutely. And I think the biggest picture being what's going to be better than a last week of the season two versus three matchup of Ohio State and Michigan? Uh, as long as Michigan takes care of it against Indiana, which I fully expect them to, Wilton Spate, or no Wilton Spate, looks like no Wilton Spate, but Harbaugh refuses to rule him out. Uh, you know, two versus three, Michigan Ohio State, that's classic. That's college game day. That's big matchup, uh, noon matchup. Do I think that game a little bit? Yeah, I do. Uh, and, and I would be one of the first to admit that. No, yeah, this, uh, okay, well, go ahead. Yeah, well, I was saying, I, I, I agree with that. That, that's, I mean, how we've talked about how first week there was some of that SEC bias in there. This is a little bit of that catering to your blue blood teams. Uh, I mean, like one, two, and three are all very storied franchises. So, I mean, of course, I, I think it, it, they knew the blowback wouldn't be too bad because especially like Ty said, in, in a week is going to be settled with those two anyway. So one of them will probably drop the ball and then his play on and figure it out by the end of the year. As, as it always, it works itself out. But just mm-hmm. in that vacuum, it, it seemed like, seemed a little fishy and, uh, Ty might be pointing at the reason why right there. Now, do y'all still think uh, Washington has a chance? You know, because earlier we talked about, uh, you know, before the season started that, uh, you know, you doubt a pack uh, 12 team could get in there. Uh, with this loss, do you still think, honestly think they have a chance uh, they'll get in there uh, with a couple of losses, or you think they're just placed there or what? Oh, no, I they definitely yeah. Shot. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, they they have to win pack 12. Yeah. yeah. They, they can't get another loss and expect to be in. You know, I, I think they've, a lot of their question games this year, they beat, uh, Utah. That was a big question game. Granted, lost at home to USC, which doesn't look that great, but it was a close game. It was a hard fought game. USC played well. They're playing better football as of late. They're a completely different team than we saw week one against Alabama. Um, so that loss, yes, it was very ill timed. But it wasn't like it was the worst loss they could have faced. Okay. So does Washington still have a shot? Yeah, absolutely they do. I think win the Pac-12 and they're in. Uh, but I, I won't go that far. Uh, you don't think? I, I can't. I, I can't go that far. Just looking at how it's shaping up right now. I mean, of course if they win this week, they at least jump up a spot because Louisville's not going to be there unless they make a miraculous comeback right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and then um, Michigan and Ohio State, something's going to happen there. And then basically, if it's Michigan, it gets figured out in the Big Ten championship game. Or if it's Ohio State, they win this. If they win out, they I think their resume is good enough that they're still going to be in, even if they don't, since they can't play in the Big Ten title game unless Penn State uh, mm-hmm. drops another game. Uh, but they, they'll need one more thing to happen. I mean, they they have this loss that looks like it's happening. Michigan or Ohio State will be out of there, but they will still need Clemson to to drop a game. 
And if that doesn't happen, then I think they're still on the outside looking at See, I, I guess the only reason I don't agree with that is because, like you said, Louisville, if if it plays out and they lose, that moves Washington to five. I mean, just logically moving them up yeah. the list. And then if Ohio State or well, Ohio State or Michigan is going to suffer a second loss and drop, would that then not move Washington to four going into the Pac-12 championship game? Well, I think there's an outside chance if Ohio State beats Michigan, they go and say, say Penn State wins that. Big Ten title game, or Wisconsin Bank wins that Big Ten title game. I think it's a shot they they jump them just because it's a stronger conference. Okay, yeah, I I don't disagree there. I just wonder, are you going to let teams in from a conference? We have not seen that yet, and I think that's going to be the mystery that surrounds all of this, especially if things get really crazy these last two weeks. Uh, we see a team suffer a second loss, or team pulls off a huge win um, I mean the only the, right now the thing benefiting Penn State in my mind is the thing that's hurting them the most the fact that their final two weeks are against the two worst teams in the big time and I apologize there Darnell but uh, <laughs> oh, with, okay. with their yeah with their last week no being Penn State yeah with their <laughs> last, last match yeah. being Michigan State I mean granted they won the game they needed to win against Ohio State but it, I, I would really need for the conference to basically go out on a limb here if they want to take two teams from one conference, like you're, like you're possibly suggesting. I would not, I would not disagree with them taking a Penn State, uh, mainly because they beat Ohio State. But for the, I think taking Wisconsin would be a little bit of a stretch, mainly because they lost in reality their two biggest games of the year. And, and, and like I said, so far they've only taken conference champions. So far we've not seen a two loss team get in, which both Wisconsin and Penn State are. So like, like I said, they would have to go on a, on a limb and do something they have not done yet in order for that to happen. And right now, I just think there's enough situations that can happen for them to prevent either of those situations from happening, either a non-conference champion or a two loss team. Well, I think it comes down to like, uh, what we were talking about earlier, like your, uh, Twitter, uh, discussion. Mm-hmm. It comes yeah. down, are they actually looking for the top four teams or are yeah, they, are they just awarding, uh, the conference champions? Cause if they I'll can't, agree. there's no way that they can just be awarding the conference champions if Ohio State wins out and Penn State wins out because Ohio State cannot possibly be a conference champion. Yeah. Uh, no, and you're right. So, and I, and I think it comes down to they're going to look at the conference strength of the schedule because, I mean, Washington, they had their tough loss for mm-hmm. themselves to USC, who who's not a bad team. They probably had the best loss of any of the, the top uh, two through four that lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what else do they have left to play against and play for? Yeah. Uh, I guess – that's where the issue is there. So in Stanford's they they've come back and they're they're making their season look a little better, but you know, like we've talked about before, Oregon's down, uh Stanford, they're not what was expected. And, you know, the others like UCLA is terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's just not yeah. a lot 
there. I mean, Washington's eight. That's that's a big game they still have coming. But it's going to be that question of resumes. And I, I think most people feel that the Big Ten is a better conference. So I think they do have that outside shot of having two teams represent. Yeah, and and like you said, I, I think Ohio State has the best resume in the country right now. Four, four and one against teams ranked in the top ten at the time of the matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I don't really think you can argue with that. It'd be it'd be really hard to. Yeah. All right, guys. Now, uh, what makes this Alabama team uh, this year just so special compared to the other teams uh, that's out there? Everything. <laughs> I mean, I I think what really set them apart from day one was Jalen Hurts. Um, the ability for him to step in and really take control of this team as a freshman, as the guy who was not deemed the starter, um, I think he kind of came in and set set a tone for this team that that. And and honestly, I don't even know how to describe it. I think he gave something to this team that nobody else was able to give them. They dominated USC from week one on his shoulders and just kind of took off from there. Uh, their defense is top-notch. Uh, I mean, granted, watching a Michigan defense every week that I do uh, rank toward the top if not top in a lot of defenses statistical category the Alabama defense is right there with them um, I mean I, I, I could even argue that Alabama facing some tougher competition throughout the year has potentially shown more uh, you know Michigan's defense letting up you know three points to Maryland and zero to Rutgers yeah that looks impressive but is it really um, you know so what I think it is, is Nick Saban being a genius, the coaching staff really knowing what they're doing, the players executing, uh, just the whole team has it together. There's an expectation when you go to Alabama, and they find a way to recruit players that continue to meet those expectations. I think what sets them apart is just that tried and true, uh, especially it works this way in college football, but if if you're stopped in the trenches on both sides, you can play with or beat just about anybody. And Alabama has it in spades. They probably have the best old line in the nation. They have the best left left tackle in the nation with with Cam mm-hmm. Robinson. Uh, and then their front seven is ferocious. I mean, they they get to quarterbacks. They don't let anybody run on them. I mean, look at. Look at the running backs that they faced and look at what they gained. I mean, what, Fournette had 30 yards against him, 40, something like that. And, yeah. I mean, and this is a guy that, you know, was probably a first-round draft pick. Uh, they they seem to just – they make every team they play one-dimensional. And mm-hmm. they, they don't give quarterbacks enough time to go through progressions. That you have to make quick decisions and usually short throws. Uh, they don't give up too much deep because they cause so much havoc and, and, and pressure. Uh, to lend a little bit to what you're saying, Ty, like Jalen Hurts, he's turning into an extra difference maker for him. But what a luxury it is to learn when you have a line like that in front of you. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah you're right. 
yeah, how many times has he been able to scan through his progression, and if nothing's there, then he gets to break for it, and and then a corpse. I mean, he he's a <laughs> he's punchline of a lot of jokes over the past few years, but Lane Kiffin has done some of his best work yeah. since he's gotten to Alabama, and yeah. I mean, it's because he has this you know treasure chest of talent there. Uh, two ridiculous receivers. It seems like they got about five or six running backs that all are capable of starting wherever they wanted to go. And then you have this dual threat freshman quarterback that has the maturity of a junior that, you know, he, he can make a lot of passes and, and what do you know? He can run for a hundred yards when you want him to. It's, it's just kind of, it seems not even fair how many weapons they have basically. Yeah. All right, guys. You guys ready for the pickums? Let's go. All right, <laughs> we can uh, kind of just go right through these because we got a lot, man, for NCAA and NFL. So uh, you can just pick the team if you want. So Darnell, he's ahead of the game, uh, thirty-one out of forty-four. Ty, he's second with twenty-nine out of forty-four, and I'm third with twenty-eight out of forty-four. Uh, first game we got Oklahoma versus West Virginia. Uh, Oklahoma, they have a minus three and a half, uh, point lead for the spread. Who you guys got? Give me the Sooners. All yeah, right. Boomer Sooner. They have plans for good football. I think they take this one. All right. I'm going with West Virginia. So got some catching up to do. <laughs> uh, <Leisure> Washington. <laughs> Washington State versus Colorado. Yeah, I think this is going to be a sneaky good matchup, one that not a lot of people have on their radar. Uh, I'm going to go with Colorado. Uh, I liked what I saw when they played Michigan earlier this year, and they've seemed to keep it up. Uh, a lot of people haven't even noticed them, or either any either of these teams, to be honest. But I'll I'll take Buffaloes. I'm gonna I'm gonna go opposite. I'm gonna go with the Cougs. I'll go Wazoo. Yeah, so right. uh, we'll have we'll have a. Some some score either spreading or tightening. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with Colorado too. Uh, this is the game uh, when they played against Michigan. It was earlier in the year, but uh, that kind of stuck with me. They showed me that they can compete. Uh, so I'm gonna look for them to compete too. They're at home, so I got them uh, winning this one. Um, up next, Arizona versus Oregon State. Oregon State they have minus six and a half point lead spread. Who you guys got? Uh, I I usually pick Arizona in odd games like this just because they find a way to win some of these ones. Uh, so what I'm going to do is go against my gut and not pick them. I'm going to go Oregon State. <laughs> I don't trust your gut, and that's the team I was going to pick. I, I I don't know if I need to switch myself, but now I'm, I'm going to stick with the Beavers. I'm going to go Oregon State as well. Okay. I'm going to go Oregon State as well, so. Put that down. And up next, we have Virginia Tech versus Notre Dame. Virginia Tech, they have a minus one lead for the spread. Virginia Tech versus Notre Dame. Don't yeah. yeah. If you yeah. can feel good about anything from my school, which has also been terrible, I can look over and say at least we're not Notre Dame right now. So, <laughs> uh, so I will follow Darnell on that and go the Irish. Okay. Or go against the Irish and pick Virginia Tech. Yeah, okay. I, I refuse to pick Notre Dame at this point. <laughs> okay, I'm going with VT as well. 
And uh, last but not least for this week, uh, we have Florida versus LSU. Oh, this one's kind of tough. It's do you want the team to play no offense or <laughs> what do you want to do? Uh, I don't know. I still think LSU plays good enough defense to where as long as their offense can do something, they should be in a position to win. I think Leonard Fournette has a pretty good game here, so I'm going to take LSU. Okay. Yeah, I think I think LSU runs all over them, uh, and that their front seven pretty much stifles Florida. So, yeah, give me the Tigers. All right, I'm going with LSU as well. I'm, I'm liking Orgeron. I think he's going to find a way to coach his team for a win. Um, uh, We're going to do next week as well. Uh, We're just not going to record uh, for next week. Just do the Thanksgiving. Uh, so we're about to get next week's games out the way with two. Starting off with Tyler's squad, uh, which, by the way, man, it's uh, your coach uh, 10 years ago from the day, man. Uh, y'all greatest coach of all time died. Uh, Bo Schembechler, so. Yeah, good old Bo probably uh, turned over in his grave with the Rich Rod hiring and then was still rolling around in there with uh, Brady Hoke and then on his way back to his back and we got Jim Harbaugh on the helm, so. All right. Things things in Ann Arbor have come back toward a right position, so. Yeah. Still a few more steps to go for everybody to be happy again, but yeah. uh, headed in the right direction, so can't complain there. So in, I'll go ahead and open the picks here. I will take my squad. Like I said, looks like it might be John O'Corn this coming week against Indiana, and I believe he'll be the starter again against Ohio State. Uh, I'm gonna take an odd rationale, say minimal film of John O'Corn plus a very creative coaching staff, at least to an open playbook for John O'Corn and a lot of unpredictability. So give me Michigan. All right. Plus they're my squad. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm rolling with the Buckeyes here. Uh, I think Urban learns from last year when facing a good team without their starting quarterback. I, I figure he's not going to pull out the worst game plan of the year again. Uh, yeah. So I think they'll be prepared to play their their hated rival. And it this game is in the the shoe, correct? Correct. Uh, yeah. yeah. It so, is. Yeah, that's I think. That crowd, uh, with probably O'Corn starting, this is n- not, this is not games that they paid when he was there. <laughs> yeah. This is a total, totally different, and those Buckeye fans are brutal, so. Uh, Ignorance I, I, is bliss. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I think a little bit of that pressure might be a little unnerving for him in probably the biggest game of his life, so I, I take OSU yeah. there. All right, I'm going with the Ohio State University as well, man. Urban and them boys are going to get the job done. Sorry, Ty, but they getting that ass up next week, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, up next we have Auburn versus the Alabama Crimson Tide in the Iron Bowl. Who you guys got? Give me Bama. Roll Tide, man. Roll Tide. We got this. Yeah, the Auburn offense. Too poor. They're they're just like LSU with strong defense, just inability to play offense. Yeah. They'll play up for for the they first. Get, they usually do. Yeah. I don't think we'll see. I don't think we'll see a yeah. field goal kick return this year. Well, <laughs> Nick Marshall ain't there to keep them close. No. <laughs> yeah. Franklin the third. I don't think he's gonna be able to do it. Or White. Yeah. I don't think either of them will do it. 
All right, up next we have Utah versus Colorado. Give me give me the Buffaloes again. Okay. Yeah, I'm taking the Buffaloes in that one. All right, give me Utah. It's down real quick. And next we have Florida versus Florida State. Oh, oh, oh. give me the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking FSU on this one too. I just right. don't trust Florida's offense stuff. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, ban, uh, Hop on the SEC bandwagon for this game. Going with Florida, hoping they win. So this would be another good one I could <laughs> go with. So give me that. We have great ration now. All right. Uh, then last but not least for NCAA, we have LSU versus TAMU, Texas A&M. Uh, here I'll actually take uh, LSU again. Hmm. Okay. I, I don't know that Texas A&M is the same team they were a couple weeks ago when the first week of the rankings came out and they lost. So uh, give me LSU. Right. Still finish the season strong. Yeah, I'm a, for, for our cousins, I'll say go Tigers there. All right, man. And I'm going to go with LSU as well. So, all right, that's uh, anything else to add before we move on to NCAA basketball, guys? All right, up next, we're about to get into NCAA basketball. Uh, what did you guys think about the first week of uh, the season openers? It was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. It was good to have good to have it back, you know. Uh, just and you know some early, some big matchups early. That's always fun to watch. You know, uh, especially that opening uh, Carrier Classic. Those those games were all barn burners, basically. So it was that was just fun to watch. Yeah, you know that Michigan State Arizona game went to the last play. Indiana Kansas went to overtime. I mean, I think for the star power that college basketball can present uh that was probably the best way you could have opened it up with you know a couple top 12 matchups and uh, you know just games that go down to the last second i think that's what college basketball is kind of built for themselves as a brand you know games that tend to go down to the wire uh upset games uh I mean, even looking at the other night, um, this past Tuesday, where we had uh, Duke and Kentucky and Michigan State and uh, Kansas all playing, mm-hmm. you know, just, just the idea that the first week you're getting a good look at a lot of the studs that will be filling college basketball this year. Granted, Duke fighting a bunch of injuries right now. Uh, three pretty key ones are some of their top recruits, but you know, we still got a really good look at what Duke's going to offer with, you know, Grayson Allen and Luke Kenner, Kennard and companies. You know, I, I think for week one, we, we got a really good look at what we're going to see a lot of this year. You know, Darnell, for you, you know, your Michigan State Spartans starting 0-2. But, but I think there's a lot of promise there. I think Miles Bridges has shown he's for real. Uh, I think that team still needs to find their identity. Uh, I think 
you know, one of you, one of your biggest concerns with the team was the height, and I think it showed a little bit, especially against Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, more more so than it did against Arizona, but uh, you know, I, I also think Kentucky is a different animal, and they have been for a while. So I, I expected that matchup to be a little harder than the Arizona matchup. But uh, you know, I, I think oh and two, when you just kind of look at the matchups, you can't be too disappointed in that because one, they they were they were competitive against Arizona, not not as competitive against Kentucky, but to start the season kind of to really shape up your team, I don't necessarily know that you could have asked for two better matchups and really two better ways to start your season because their next bunch handful bunch of games are are, are not going to come close to that. And they should be able to really find who they are in the next month or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as far as like my squad goes, yeah. It, it, basically what I expect what I was worried about it, it showed to be true. Uh, so that's going to be a growing pain. Uh, you know, they're not going to they're not going to grow during the year. So well, they'll get a couple taller players back, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just they they have to find a style of play that's going to be more uh, fitting for them. So uh, I expect a lot more up and down type play. They they tried some of that with Kentucky, but that's already their style of play so yeah it just wasn't going to work out and, and i think the game got too fast for the freshman uh yeah bridges yeah it, it's tough to beat somebody at their own game when you're yeah. new to play yeah like uh bridges was trying to do a lot uh and you know langford it was his first like big game back i think he tried to show something and, and even uh cash is uh, Winston trying to do a little bit too much dribbling. I, I just think everybody was trying to. The game got too big. They were trying to put too much on themselves. And, mm-hmm. Some growth has to happen, and you know they they'll have to get back to some basics of on the on the defensive end, just boxing out to get those over the back calls or, or something like that. And if they do get a rebound, start sprinting, but. Overall, just from top to bottom, it's just you know fun having the game back. Like I said, and, you know, and good good seeing all these elite teams early playing each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think uh, if if I want to take you know one big takeaway uh, for me, I think it's going to be you know Indiana is going to be a real force. I Thomas Thomas Bryant. Has shown that he possibly could have left for the NBA last year. A lot of people were talking about, you know, he could potentially leave. He chose to come back. Uh, looks like he's going to be a real centerpiece of that Indiana team. I'm going to be very interested to see them play Michigan State. May try and snag a ticket to that here in Bloomington. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you know, I, I think Indiana, uh, as of now, has caught the attention of the country. I think the Big Ten's going to have another pretty solid year. It looks like even though Wisconsin lost to Creighton the other night, they're still going to be pretty good. Uh, Purdue took Villanova to the last possession. The Big Ten's still going to have its strength uh, for basketball that it's typically had in the past. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to be excited for, for the Big Ten Conference this year. Uh, the ACC is always a great basketball conference to watch. 
which the SEC could be a little shaky this year. You know, Kentucky typically dominated that over the last five years or so. So, uh, like you said, just another exciting year. A lot to look for. A lot of big freshmen to watch this year. Be good moving forward. Now, are there any players that uh, have surprised you guys or disappointed you so far uh, to this early season? I mean, I have no idea. Oh, go ahead. No. Yeah, okay. Basically what I was going to say is, you know, uh, in terms of that have stood out, you know, I think to me, Miles Bridges has stood out to me. Uh, I think he was very impressive. The game comes very naturally to him. Uh, he can, you know, shoot the ball from range and attack the rim both with ease and comfort. Uh, I think that he'll grow defensively. It always seems like when you see a, take a step from high school to college and then college to the pros, defense is the thing that comes the hardest, um, and he'll get there sooner than later, and I'm I'm pretty positive of that. Um, you know, talking to you, Darnell, and having a lot of friends that are Michigan State fans, hearing a lot about Miles Bridges. I, uh, you know, I hadn't seen a lot on him, so I was very interested to watch him when you know it comes to game time. Uh, and I think he was very very impressive over these first couple of games, uh, and. <clears throat> Like I said, I think he'll, once the year's coming to an end, may not necessarily be at the top of the wood and watch. But, you know, I definitely think he will be at the end of this year. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely agree. He's, he's, he's showing basically what, what we expected he would be, uh, what, what you would hope he would be, uh, at this early part of the year. Uh, going with, uh, to follow up somebody we talked about last week. Uh, as far as the first game of the year, I was a little bit disappointed in, uh, Josh Jackson. Uh, oh, yeah. That first game against Indiana, for as good as the game was, he, he wasn't, uh, a huge part of it. You know, only going three for 11 overall, uh, hit a couple free throws to get him up to nine points. Foul trouble. Uh, yeah, foul trouble. They get, I, I wanted to see a little bit more out of him, especially against a team like that. He, he did show, he did show better against Duke. Uh, I think he put up 15 there. Uh, but, uh, you know, just, I want to see a little bit more out of him since that was, that was the, you know, consensus number one play, high school player, uh, in yeah. the country, uh, coming out. And, you know, he went to Kansas because, Basically, Bill's overruns a squad where, like, it was going to be his team early. So, you know, want to see? I want to see a little bit more out of him. Yeah, I agree. And then I guess for me, in terms of a team, I was really impressed with. I think I can go ahead and go back to the team I just mentioned in Indiana. I think the win over Kansas was very impressive. I think they looked pretty complete uh, shooting the ball. Big men defense, like I said, Thomas Bryant was a stud. Uh, fouled out of the game, but still affected it in many different ways. Uh, Blackman Jr., a returning guard, coming back from an injury last year. I, I think he he looked real solid. Uh, and I think they're going to be a team that gets talked about to the very end of the year. So they were they were a team I I was impressed with so far through one week. 
they won their big matchup. Um, and I think they, they were a lot of fun to watch as well. Yes, especially if they can, if they can keep shooting like they did against Kansas as a team, they shot like 48% from, from three. That, that you have to well. And that, that was from one to five, basically. Yeah, I was going to say, and Thomas Bryant, their center drained a couple threes. So, yeah, it, like you said, it's, it's everybody. Yeah, it's everybody. Yeah. 